wild pulse beat of their young blood beats out a reckless rhythm. Every young girl wants her guy, and every guy is looking for... Knock, knocking on your bedroom door Standing here wondering what I'm doing this for Don't know where my mind went I need a piece together The events that let me care I don't know your name at all Told me you were a band I've never heard before Lost you in the moment I know I'm hard to follow I didn't mean to cause you trouble But your lips were too close to my mouth Welcome to Punkarama, ladies and gentlemen where we are dedicated in our endeavor to get to every epitaph ever, where we wax poetic on nostalgia and aesthetic. So welcome aboard from your podcast warlord. That's me. Guys, get ready for another fucking action-packed edition of Punkarama with uh, returning guests... Paul Corey! What's up? What's up, Paul? It's my second time. Second time on. So excited. Paul, of course, co-host of the extremely popular Jews and Reviews uh, podcast. That's me. That's you. As always. As always. I was waiting for you to say that, actually. <laughs> uh, funny man, Paul Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and guys, if there was ever, I, I think, uh, a band that like... Oh man, was the band for like Paul and I to be talking about? Uh, this is it, right? This is this is it. it. What else would it be? I was so excited when I got the text to talk about Newfound Glory that yeah. all I did was talk about Newfound Glory after. Yeah, that's hey, that's what you told me, and I believed you. So. What record from Newfound Glory are we going to be talking about, Today Paul? Today we'll be talking about radio surgery. Radio surgery. One word. Standard spelling, ladies Love and radio gentlemen. radio surgery. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, man. So we'll, we'll do just a... You, you're already on, so we talked about your background mm -hmm. in, uh, in the very first episode of Punkarama. I know. I'm all out of material, so... All out of material. That's good, because now we can get to the real... Yeah, the meat. The real Paul Corey. The meat of Paul yeah. Corey. <laughs> Uh, but we, you, you grew up on me uh, in Staten Island. We were in a pop punk band together and all that good stuff. Uh, but you know, if you want to learn all about the, all the backstory, go listen to Mill and Colin Life on a Plate. Right? No, That's, it was no fuck. <laughs> Pennybridge Pioneers. That's it. Fuck. I'm already screwing this up. Uh, so go listen to all that. But uh, we're gonna Newfound Glory, man. So can you count how many Newfound Glory shows you've been to? Like, have you kept count? <sighs> I, I was at one point. It's easily over fifty, easily. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And I think you've been, you've certainly been to more than I have. Are you counting Warp Tours in that? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I, I um, think that's fair. There was a point when I was younger where there were times where I would see them like seven times in a year, eight times in a year, maybe more. Because like I not only I would go to the shows, but then I'd also go to like special things that they did. You like know, what? like, um, I think you, we got, uh, did you get kicked out of it? I didn't get kicked out of it when it was like the, the central, uh, the battery park yeah, show. Yeah. Like I got the kicked out of there. Park show. Yeah. Um, I actually saw newfound glory on TRL once. You went to go see TRL. Yeah. I have a great story. I'll save that You're gonna... for a little later. Okay. Great what? story around it. Carson Daly was hosting still. It was, was it, on it was, it was, uh, they had this thing called new band week. Okay. Actually, I'll just tell the story now. All right. They had this thing called New Band Week, 
Um, and Newfound Glory wasn't new at the time. It was when Sticks and Stones came out. And I remember, you remember Evan from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at his house, I guess, partying one night. And it was like one or two in the morning. And this MTV commercial came on that said, like, live tomorrow on TRL, after TRL, be live concert by Newfound Glory. So we decided, in our infinite wisdom, to just at, like, three or four in the morning, just go to the city and get in line for uh, the show. For TRL? Well, it was, it was, it was like, the after concert. Right, right, So right. they had TRL, and they shuffled that crowd out, and they brought a new crowd. Oh, I see, Newfound Glory. I see. And so you went and you and saw went, the show. Yeah. How many, how many songs did they play to you? Remember? Five. Five songs. Yeah. Was there a line when you got there? No, we were the first ones. Yeah. I but figured. about an hour later, two other people, people showed up. up and then no one for like five hours. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool because it was really cold and um, they sent down like coffee and donuts and like oh, pizza so for nice us. Of them. You know? Way to go. And then, we got to, and then we got to meet them after. You, know? you did? Yeah. Shook all their hands? So, yeah. Because we got to meet them at the Virgin Record Store. That's right. After, that's when that was still there. But, the mega. But store. if you were in the TRL, like that, people, you kind of got to the front of the line, oh. and like I have pictures with them and everything's cool. You do? Oh, yeah. I wish I I'll, saw. I'll those. get those for you. I think they were my parents' house. Find them for me, please. Uh, so yeah, so this has been a big part of your life. Uh, I'd say my life too. I think a big part of our friendship as well. Yeah. Like we we go to every time they play New York, man. You, me, and Ben, we're always at that show. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry Ben couldn't be on this episode, but he is in NOLA right now. Um, but I'll have you both on for Not Without a Fight, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, but we're here talking about radio surgery right now. So this is their seventh studio album, Lucky Number Slevin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Number Slevin. Everyone knows Lucky about that. Lucky Number Slevin, guys. Uh, so this is their final record with guitarist Steve Klein. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give that an unfortunately. Uh, they're fine that I've seen them live since, of course, and their records Resurrection's awesome. But like Steve, I understand that things happen. I, I can though. see why, but yeah, 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 yeah. We can see why. But um, so this came out on September twentieth, two thousand eleven. Uh, in Australia and then in the US on October 4th, 2011. Uh, do you remember like the lead up to this record or like anything from that time? Um, what were you doing in 2011? Oddly enough, I, I what I associate this record with is like um, I was hospitalized for like three weeks right when this record came out. Really? Okay. Yeah. But I just remember afterwards you know, listening to the record a lot. And it was great because one of the things I always loved about Newfound Glory is even if you look at the lyrics and they're a little sad, they're always upbeat. Like it's always a positive attitude about everything. And it's almost like, I guess they don't really say it, but I feel it while they're kind of like, yeah, life sucks. We're all experiencing this shitty things. Let's experience it together and kind of be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Make the best of it or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. So I don't remember where I was, but I remember the lead up to this record. And, you know, we both did our due diligence looking into this record on the internets, doing our internet Duh. research. Yeah, you got And to. there is a ton about this record because I think this is getting 2011, like that's five years ago now, or in 2016. Like this is getting into like the prime time of like 
bands promoting and talking about their records like on all of these different online outlets you know mm-hmm. where you didn't just have like a possible Rolling Stone interview or a possible like alt press interview and it was limited to that there's like blogs and there's like newspapers and all of the shits available online and Newfound Glory is a pretty ba- big band by this time you know uh, self titles huge success Sticks and Stones huge success and Catalyst huge success you know um, so yeah they're they're sitting pretty pretty at this time. Pretty pretty. Pretty pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were writing this material during 2010 when they were on the Honda Civic Tour with uh, Paramore and Tegan and Sarah um, and recorded it in this guy Neil Avron's uh, home studio yeah, in who, 2011. Who did like uh, Sticks and Stones, self-titled, Catalyst. I mean, he was like there. They referred to him as their sixth member. Yeah. member kind of like uh, George Martin of the Beatles, right? Yeah, yeah. So but Neil, Neil Avron, like if you look up, he is like a king of pop punk CDs. He's the king of like just pop rock CDs. Yeah. Like I looked it up too because this was a big thing about them getting back to work with him again. Because like you said, he did self-titled Newfound Glory in 2000, Six and Stone in 2002, and Catalyst in 2004. But what else has he done? He did so much for the Afterglow by Everclear. Did he do Ocean Avenue? He did Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. He did Songs for American Movie, Volume 1 by Everclear. He did, I'm just going to list some highlights here. From Under the Cork Tree by Fall Out Boy, Make Believe by Weezer, Lights and Sounds by Yellow Card, Minutes to Midnight by Linkin Park, Infinity on High by Fall Out Boy, Paper Walls by Yellow Card, Folly Ado by Fall Out Boy, New Surrender by Anne Berlin, which is a beautiful record. Uh, self-titled Say Anything record. He did Southern Air. Sons. I love that Yellow Card album. Yeah, yeah. A Thousand Sons by Linkin Park, Kaleidoscope Heart by Sarah Burrell, uh, When You're Through Thinking Say Yes by Yellow Card, which I love. Radio Surgery, of course, by Newfound Glory, Southern Air, don't Panic, All Time Low, Jack by Forever the Sickest Kids, Lift a Sail by Yellow Card, which I wasn't a big fan of, uh, Talking is Hard by Ben's favorite, Walk the Moon, and of course, the stressed out boys themselves, 21 Pilots, Blurry Face he produced. So this guy's got quite a fucking CV behind him. Um, and yeah, I, I guess it, you know, one of his first things was working with them. So it's uh, interesting they brought him back for this. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts no, on, on I him? I feel like with this them? album to me was them finally being comfortable, not chasing commercial success anymore. Really? To me. Okay. Why do you say that? And because I, I feel like they were the first time where they're like, you know what? We really because this is like a concept CD for me. Or for them, not for me. Yeah. But in terms of sound, uh-huh. is that they, you know, consciously were like, we want to make this CD like the Ramones, like early Green Day, and they were okay saying like, we're just going to do that, and we're going to have fun doing it, and we want to get our favorite producer back on board. Right. So actually, speaking to that, Chad Gilbert said in an interview with All Press in uh, 2011, June 10th, he said, coming into radio surgery, there was more of a vision. Not without a fight was a, let's record a newfound glory album. Coming home also had somewhat of a vision. Uh, We wanted to make a record that was more like you put it in your home stereo with this album. I would sit down with a guitar and write a riff and it would sound like newfound glory. It would sound like newfound glory that I didn't want to play. That's not what we were going for with this record. I physically made myself dump songs that felt safe. Radio surgery still sounds like newfound glory. It's a hard thing to explain, but we wanted a certain style of record. We wanted a fun, punk, upbeat record. So I started writing a song that was slower, mellower, mid-paced thing, and I was like, I don't want to play that style, so we should dump it and try to write a new one. So yeah, there was more of a sort of, uh, 
idea for what this whole record should sound like. But I would say that, of course, that first happened with Coming Home, which was their biggest departure from their uh, normal sound, would you say? Departure, yes, but I think it was, they, you know, they were coming off Catalyst, mm -hmm. and I think there was that transition that a lot of bands do where they have a couple big CDs, and that next CD usually comes off either a little softer or harder, like on purpose, to try to kind of go for a mainstream feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I think because I think they consciously, you know, they picked a different producer and, you know, the songs were softer. And yeah. And I think that was on purpose, but I think there was so. Look, I don't think they chase like record sales, believe me. Um, that's why I love them as a band. But I think this was like, let's just do what we want to do and not worry about anything else. Not worry about sounding like us, not worry, just have fun with it. Are you talking about. Radio, radio surgery, surgery or coming yeah, home? Oh, okay, surgery. so I mean, they they released Catalyst in two thousand four, which here, here's a little taste of what that sounds like. And then after that, they in two thousand six they released Coming Home, which was much different sound it is a little softer but uh you know I, I i think people a lot of people didn't like that record this is not what i want this is what i want a lot of people didn't really like that record i love coming home dude i love this record because it's so different but like he was saying it's it is like this cohesive piece where it's like there's thought uh, behind the whole thing, you know, that glues it together. It's kind of like the auteur theory, I think, when, like, you have a director who's, like, writer-director and he controls, like, everything with it, like Wes Anderson or Tarantino. Like, the whole thing feels like it's got, it's got depth and personality, you know? And I think this record, like, really had that, uh, com coming home, that is. Uh, so I loved it. And I also thought the songs are great, Big Departure. What's your but, favorite song off Coming Home? Uh, probably this, which they never play anymore. They only yeah. play, I think, uh, Hold My Hand. Right? Yeah. Um, no, they, they play Coming Home sometimes. Do they play Coming Home? Yeah. I feel like I haven't heard that in a while. But, um, so they're trying to... Well, they, Coming Home and Radio Surgery are sort of their lost CDs for the live show. They probably, eat, on every live show, they'll pick like one song from each of those, mm. where other albums they'll play a three to four. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, getting back to Neil Avron, uh, Chad was just saying uh, when. So this is a quote from him: uh, When we wanted Neil to do the record, he didn't fully agree to do the record right, right away, uh, which I thought was cool. He said, "Look, I know I can produce a record for Newfound Glory, and it'd be awesome, but I don't really want to do it. I don't want to agree to it until I know the album is there, until the songs are really there." We were back on the on the Honda Civic tour, and we wrote the three songs. We wrote three songs, recorded them ourselves, and sent them to Neil. And Neil was like, "They're okay, but I don't really think they're great. They're that great." Don't you uh, wish you can get a hand on those songs? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Of course, of course, I do. And then he said, "We sent him six others, and it's kind of like the same thing." And it was really frustrating for us because we were like, "What the hell? These are the best songs we've written. What the crap? We were so bummed." We did another set of eight demos after arguing back and forth with Neil. The next thing you know, uh, we hate the first ones we sent him, and he was right. We dumped those songs. Uh, there was only one song that we were recording for the album 
from the original demos we sent him. It was cool to have him push us because we sort of had a vision on this record and he really wanted to get that out of us. All of the songs, all of uh, all the songs that made that record, two of them we wrote either in early May, uh, but all the others we've had for a long time. It's been living with these songs for a bit, so recording them has been rather easy. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting going back. The, this, this producer was really not just like letting him say, okay, let's go in and I'll tighten it up. He needed to be courted almost, you know, like, which is cool kind of to be like, yeah, it's challenging. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then here's another thing he said, which I thought was interesting. This is still Chad Gilbert talking coming into radio surgery. There was more of a vision. Oh, wait, did I just say this? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's enlightening still. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. What else you got, Paul? Cool. <laughs> cool. I, I would say my first thought is re-listening to the CD. That It's better than I remember. Do you yeah. remember the last time you listened to this? Two years ago. Two years ago. Really? That was the last time you listened to this record? Two years ago? Wow. Paul. That's what? weird. I, fi- I don't know. I figured you would have put you this on. All I do is listen to more recently. I, I, I mean, I've listened to this more recently and I'm, I'm not, I was not a big fan of this record either because there's something about this record that like in my head, there's something unremarkable about it. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something unremarkable about the record. And so they have so, so much other stuff. Like, why wouldn't I just put that on? But going back and listening to it now, like really critiquing it track by track, like every song, I'm like, this is great. This is a great song. This is cool. This is cool. And like every song just adds up for the most part, I should say, uh, to like, these songs are great. And I don't get why I've like labeled it as such, but that was my first impression of it. And first impressions are just so goddamn important your perception of something that like I was, uh, I I don't want to say wrote it off, but I did kind of write it off, you know? I think a lot of that has to do with the style, though, because you come expecting, um, like, a Sticks and Stones Volume 2, right? Or something like that. Not really. Or self-titled Volume 2. Something different. So if you had to talk about the sound of this record versus their other stuff, would you say this record sounds different than their other stuff? I think, yeah, I would say it does. How? It's just very straightforward. What does that mean? Um... It's very like here's three, four power chords and just chug along and it's very it's it's poppy but like uh, the best way to describe it is it sounds like if the Ramones came along thirty years later, forty years later, it reminds me of that where it's just it's simplified. You think, think it's a simplified. lot of it a lot of it's simplified compared to the other stuff they do. It's less bouncy, it's a little less vibrant. What do you mean by um, less bouncy and less vibrant? Um, there's a certain they, Newfound Glory is like the best quote I ever heard about Newfound Glory is they sound caffeinated like it's just that they're um, constantly it's like never ending source of energy where this it's just this constant it, it, it kind of chugs along but it's just it's just it's hard to describe like understatement right it's just brimming with energy right you know you don't have an understatement like track on here there's not right and i think that that was one of my the the one of the notes i had about this was like to me this album was and this was in my head was that it was slower and not as hard mm-hmm. you know i mean there's i don't think there's one song with like a bounce jump uh like drum beat like a understatement chorus i don't think there's one song with that I'm, I'm trying like to staple. think of what you mean by like, by like a bounce, 
part to it. I'm, I'm, that's I'm the best way to describe it, like a, the understatement chorus. So it's hard to prove you're an understatement. Like where it's like, cause that's kind of slower and like where you would jump up and down. Yeah, like, jump up and down. I don't think there's one of that in here. I guess there's not that. Uh, here. There's no, that's there's not really those big gang vocal. There's not many gang stuff vocals, that they no. do. Um, but there is more background vocals. So I was trying to scientifically prove to myself whether or not I was true in thinking that like, I was like, there's nothing hard or fast on this record. There's nothing like selfless, which is off their new record, right where we left off. Don't let her pull you down, which is fast. And I, so I looked up the BPMs of some of these songs, the beats per minute of some of these it's songs. Higher. Radio surgery is 144. Uh-huh. Anthem for the unwanted is 160. I'm not the one is 167. And like to contrast that, right where we left off, which is the first track off of Not Without a Fight, is 162. So radio surgery is slower. Mm-hmm. It's 144 where everything else seems to hover around 160 in terms of being fast. But these other two songs, it was there. And I was like, okay, I can't scientifically prove this to myself that it's slower. But it's just got this weird feel for it. Well, there, it, there are things that you do. We talked about this on the Millicon. It's not just the speed of a song. There's a certain kinetic energy that a song could have. Yeah, right. And, and these songs kind of lack that. They even say, like, you know, we tried to stay away from riffs. Like I said, that familiar drum beat, like the chorus of understatement's not there, the uh-huh. gang vocals aren't there. All those other elements that Newfound Glory will constantly bring in to make them sound like Newfound Glory are not really ultra-present on the CD. Interesting. Okay. And that's what I meant I by maybe simplifying things. You I know? guess. I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that or get that, but maybe as we listen to this, you can point it out. And I hope like, so. Otherwise, yeah. I'm a fraud. Uh, listen, you're a fraud for a lot of other reasons than this. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, uh, a little bonus thing that we're going to get with this. So we're going to go track by track, of course. But I also have a web page that has Cyrus Baluki's track by track that he put out on September 29th, 2011. So Really? Yeah. What's so, that? Like, what do you mean? He like him talking about it? Yeah, each track. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cyrus Baluki is uh, the drummer of Newfound Glory. Let's see how wrong know. we are. Well, it's just going to be him explaining it. So... And these are our feelings. You can't be wrong with how you feel, Paul. Okay. I feel feelings. You feel feelings. Okay, so we're going to get started with the first track, uh, self-titled, called Radio Surgery. I've broken down, I'm a nervous wreck. My heart is beating out of my chest. And nothing feels familiar at all to me. So, first single off the record, self-titled, the last song they wrote for the record. Did you know that? I did not. So this is from an interview with Steve Klein in the Phoenix New Times. Uh, he, this is Steve Klein talking. He goes, Radio Surgery was one of the last songs that was written. Uh, I feel like we came up with a song to, with that song to encompass the whole record, like the complete thought. Uh, it can either be the first song on the record or the last song. Basically, the record... The records, uh, the stages you go through in a breakup. Radio surgery is something we came up with uh, where the only way to get this person out of your head is to have them surgically removed, kind of like that movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. The only way to get it, it out of your head is to have it surgically removed from your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Well, so did you know what the album's about? What the album is about? Yeah. It's about... Uh, 
having relationships well, and going it's through about the phases a specific of divorce. Do you know what band? It's not that? just uh, so that kept coming up, but it's not just about it's that not specific just divorce. About that, but it seemed like that like, was the the one of driving the, theme. It was actually two, right? Didn't uh, didn't Chad get a divorce and also Ian? Well, no. So they said. So actually, I think Jordan and Chad both did a little earlier. Okay. And yes. then when they were going to go write this record, mm-hmm. Ian went through it. That's right. And his and, was rough. Apparently it was rough. So uh, Steve Klein is the chief lyricist. So how they actually wrote the record was Ian would call Steve just to talk and vent about his feelings. And then Steve would turn those into the song lyrics, which he'd then turn over to Chad to start writing guitar parts for. Ooh, I have a conflicting... Uh, thing that uh, Chad said actually on how they do the songwriting. Uh, oh no! Wait! Well, oh wait! Wait! You know what? You're right. But because uh, they, they write the guitar parts first. Yeah. Chad but the writes part, the, but new... the part about Ian speaking to Steve yeah. is a hundred percent. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So the, the way that they write the songs and they've done this, I think, throughout their whole uh, career as a band is Chad writes the new guitar riffs and then he sends them over to Steve to work on lyrics and harmonies with Jordan. And then the band just collectively writes the instrumental parts together. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was apparently about, you know, Ian's, a big part of this, I should say, was about Ian's uh, divorce. I think nine years, right? Was something like that? Something. He had kids. And mm-hmm. Ian is one of the nice, I mean, I've met all these guys before. He's one of the nicest guys ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan because he... Uh, you know, regrams me on Instagram once. Oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is there's uh, this is back again from the alt press interview with Chad, where he goes, uh, the question is, what kind of topics do you are you guys talking about? And he goes, girls, girls, girls. Uh, what else do you need to talk about? We're in a band. We go on our lives. Our lives are simple. Uh, what are we going to complain about? I got a flat tire the other day. We're not going to lie. I don't want to sound ignorant, but we're a very sincere band. But I will tell you, it's not very vague. It's not just girls. Honestly, it's more about the sort of losing your mind insanity. We had a breakup in our bands, and let's just say that that was, a very, that that was very, very severe and dangerous. It's for them to talk about, not me. Uh, someone pretty much lost their mind and did a lot of things that were pretty scary for all of us. We've all been through that. I wrote about it on our website. Certain things sort of haunt you in your life. Uh, so, yeah. It was, I guess the Ian thing was a big thing with that, but uh, lost a ton of weight. <laughs> Ian looks great. Did. Looks great. Looks great. Ian, you're looking great, buddy, and we hope uh, everything's going well with you. So should we get on to Anthem for the Unwanted? Yes. This pre-chorus is my favorite part of the song. Even though the hook is killer, you know I love too. this pre-chorus. Mine too. Uh, I love the pre-chorus, but it's got a killer hook. And like when they wrote this, I think they were, they had to be aware that like this is gonna be like a, a staple for live shows, just because it has like the uh, 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 
for the drums in the beginning, and yeah. then it has the the just the melody in the beginning. I mean, and that, I, that's I, for the crowd, right? I feel like ever since 2011, it's hard to go to a show and then not play this, right? Because it's it's the perfect thing for the crowd to just go back with oh, um, yeah. I like that song too. I was a pushover, so you pushed me right over the edge. I have to say, the thing, like, yeah, this is a killer hook. And I, I love Newfound Glory, but you know what the thing is? Like, I've never, like, and their lyrics, they're just, I realize they're just fine. Like, there's none that I'm like, this is, this there's, is, this is really, this like, is, this oh, is this is, genius. yeah, that really uh, jumps out at me. Um, like, what's a band where you feel like that sometimes? Uh, say anything. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Jimmy World. Um, uh, there's a bunch. Uh, Taking back Sunday, even sometimes, yeah. even I though it brand, can brand kind new. of be overdramatic. Brand new, yes, yeah. absolutely. Brand new is early, huge one for that. Early Fall Fallout Boy, but before Fallout Boy. before they became like a caricature of themselves. Uh, you like think they're a caricature of themselves? I think so. I don't, uh, I don't think that that's it. Maybe I think not. that they've got a different sound, but no. No, no, I mean, I'm more, not like right now, but like, I feel like when they put out Take This to Your Grave, uh -huh. like I, I thought the lyrics were great. And then I think they were trying to just go bigger on those types of lyrics. So all the song titles now have to be more clever and all the lyrics had to be more clever. And I think it made them more of a caricature of themselves. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, mm, I don't know if I agree you don't have with to that. agree. These are my feelings, know, as we discussed I know, earlier. I know, I know. I'm just trying. I'm, I'm taking your feelings and your thoughts, and I'm processing them and synthesizing them in my head, and seeing like what what I can extract from there that I think is true, and think of any examples, but I can't right now. But that's okay because we're talking about newfound glory. Yeah, but uh, I think newfound glory. What they'll do is, like every once in a while, they'll have a great quote and they'll go and put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, like your hoodie. Yeah. What so, does the back of your hoodie so say? I'm pull out Paul, my Paul right wore now. a newfound glory hoodie here. Not only a newfound glory hoodie, but a newfound glory hoodie that he got on the radio surgery tour. And what does it say, Paul? Do something you'll never forget. Do something you'll never regret. What song is that from? I think it's from Caught in the Act. I think it's like track eight. Yeah. You're right. That's, that's, the that's the exact track listing. Good for you, Paul. Uh, let's go to Drill It In My Brain. I think the intro is very Green Day-like because it seemed like this was like a concerted thing and they all agreed like we're, we're on the same page the way we're going to talk about this record is that we were going back and listening to like punk that from when we grew up so like early Green Day and Ramones and like everyone in the band has been saying that it seemed uh, like this is the intro I think this is kind of like a Green Day-like This Day -like is intro. I think the song where the album settles in for me Settles in? Yeah like I think um, I don't really like the melody of this verse. No, but I think this is that really captures more of the heart of the album. 
Like it almost yeah. sounds like they were like, let's turn the wonders from that thing you do into pop punk. That's interesting because and it's got the. Yeah. But just from that era, that kind of sound. The 60s? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's got a little bit of that like classic poppy rock sound from the 60s. But I, I think I don't like the melody of that. I think it's like, man, I know that Newfound Glory is sugarcoated, but that's like extra super sugarcoated, that, mm-hmm. that verse, the melody of it at least. There is, there is gang vocals at the end of this track though. When they go, chill it in my brain, oh, yeah. chill it in my brain. <laughs> Love gang vocals. Yeah, me too, man. But I think this is where this is the song where right. the, the like the feel of the album really starts to. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it, this is the song that feels like the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. Where I think Radio Surgery and Anthem are a little the outliers. They're the outliers of it. Uh, I completely forgot that we were going to be talking about what Cyrus Baluki was saying for these tracks. Uh, so for Drilling in My Brain, he says, just as the name suggests, the song talks about something about that something or someone and how you can't seem to get it out of your head. This is a pretty rhythmic song with a nice steady beat from start to finish. Very insightful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just talking yeah. about what the hell is he going to yeah. say, you know? This can't is kind of Ramonesy, where it's just like the yeah. kick drum... Yeah. I have a catchy chorus. It, it does have a catchy chorus. It's not my, my favorite song, but yeah. it's good. That's, I guess that's that's the thing with this CD is when you go back and listen, there's a, a lot of good pieces to it, but I don't wouldn't say it's like their greatest or great record. It's yeah. Just, there's a lot of good parts to it. Yeah, it does have its parts where it really shines. Um, I'm trying to think like yeah there's just nothing nothing jumps out at me with that song you know I don't know what it it's not a bad song but like nothing like really jumps out at me as like yeah. oh this this fucking track you know uh but we're gonna go to ready aim fire it's a cool little lick I like this yeah This is definitely one of my one of my more favorite songs in the CD. This is. Him. This song makes me so badly want to be like in a convertible driving somewhere. This song? Yeah. I love this lick. I think the lick is the best thing about this song though. Agreed. For me. Good chorus. It's, yeah, it's alright. Again, like nothing just doesn't jump out at me for some reason. Nothing against the song, of course. I think this is one of those songs that's gonna go more into my regular Newfound Glory playlist though. This one? Yeah. Like I would say when I went to go back and listen to the CD, this was probably the song I most forgot that I liked the most. Interesting. I was like, oh yeah, this song. 
Oh yeah, this song. Yeah, I like when that happens. Well, oh yeah, this I song. Looked, I, so I went up. I went on like the. Oh, you know what? Setlist.fm, and they played they played this song on the Parahoy Cruise. The bridge this of this is cool. I like this part. This is very Ramonesy. So Cyrus says, ooh, Cyrus says, that should be a regular yeah. feature. Cyrus says about Ready, Aim, Fire, this song has a little bit of an empowerment feel. It, this makes sense because the lyrics deal with getting over someone and being at the point where you're ready to burn everything around you in order to erase that memory of a past relationship. This type of song will be perfect for a crowd sing-alongs live in concert. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that theme is common. It's just, sure. you know, and everyone's been through that before where some type of relationship where you, all you want is to not think about this person. Mm-hmm. And a song will come on or something will be on TV or you see someone wearing something like, you know, it seems like everywhere you look yeah. and you're just like, yeah, yeah. God damn it. The one, I don't want to think about you. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get rid of is everything. Surgery. All I was going to say is to, is to burn the whole town down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too. Uh, so we're going to get into track six dumped. Very green day, like Trey cool, like drum yeah. intro. Very Trey Cool. Very Trey Cool. I like this song a lot. This, I think, was the, oh yeah, this song for me of this. Because I like the way that it goes into the hook. I think it's got an interesting verse. I like this part. This bad part's cool. Because I think this is in good contrast. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Oh, the, here's the hook. I would start singing there. <laughs> me too. All right, so you had a good thought for it now. Here's my thought of this. Okay, I think with perhaps a lot of these songs, like... This song has like distinct parts to it where like the verse sounds a lot different from the chorus and sounds different from the intro. Whereas perhaps maybe some of these other songs, it's it's pretty standard like just going straight eighth notes. Like this doesn't have straight eighth notes. That was my whole point when I said earlier like how the CD just chugs along. Yeah, there's not not a lot of things contrasting. And I would say the biggest difference musically on this CD and, and they keep referencing the guitars and how it chugs along, is Cyrus. If, you, if you go back and listen to any other Newfound Glory CD, drum-wise, most different is this one. Whoa, interesting. I gotta, I didn't notice that, but I gotta go back and listen yeah. to that. Well, just like, start to think of it for the rest of the tracks. Yeah. Good bridge. Yeah, this song has like distinct different parts, and I I like it a lot. This is my oh yeah, this song for this like I, this is a great song. This is awesome. Uh, Cyrus like, says, "Oh, sorry, what was uh, Paul going to say?" Even that like guitar riff that came in, it, right that, uh, the like couple seconds ago, that was Let's very. Let's go back and hear it. You hear that? That's rare for this CD. Yeah, that's a little more Newfound Glory esque. Okay. Yeah, it is Newfound Glory-esque. I haven't, I haven't noticed that it's necessarily rare for this, but I'll listen to that. Oh, and a key change! Beware, beware, 
every song should have a key change. You know key that. change is great. The modulation, it goes up, what is that, a half step or a whole step? I forgot about that. Yeah, this song is great. This might be the, my favorite song on the record. <laughs> Absolutely. See, uh, we're discovering tons of new stuff yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Cyrus says, this song is quite literally about getting dumped. But rather than just focus on the actual dumping, the song takes talks about being in a better place after the breakup. This is one of the last songs written for the record, for the album, and was arranged on the spot while tracking drums. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I always love that. Great like stuff. The, the song's about being dumped, and it's like it's positive about it, and it's fun, and it's more of that not wallow in my sadness, sadness I feel. Thing. It's that after piece. Yeah. Uh, and now we're going to get to the other one of the other singles from this record. Summer Fling. Don't mean a thing. Oh, shit. I reference this song a lot. So I kind of think the song has a very like trite like subject matter, but I love the verse. I love the melody of the verse. And this pre-hook. Oh. <laughs> Forget to it, man. Me, stylistically, this song gets everything right. I don't like the hook. Really? I don't like it. I think it's too the so the lyrics are too trite, like. I like the hook actually. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let's let's not. Your fan glory, like we talked about lyrics earlier, they're not. No, uh, no, you're, you're right, but like this, like really kind of glares at me as like, eh, I'm not a fan of those lyrics. But this whole rest of the song is is on point, man. There, there. Oh yeah. There's that. So maybe I was background. wrong. But it's like my perception. Sure. You know, it, it could, I, I could be wrong, but my perception is he doesn't have a lot of that stuff in it. Yeah. I love the end when it, he just continues with, don't waste my time. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> my time. I would like to see, see them play this live. You said they don't play this live often? They did on the Parahoy Oh. <laughs> did you see that tour they did in Florida where they did all those like small Florida shows? Yeah. The Florida vacation. It's the only thing that makes me jealous that I don't live in Florida. That would have been fun to go to. But um, here's what Cyrus says about this. Uh, Wouldn't you love to get this point in a breakup, to have the ability to turn that person down even if they want you back? Listen for the absurd amount of percussion going on in the background of the verses and how it blends in perfectly with the flow of the music. Well done, Cyrus. This is cool. I love the sound of that lead guitar. I like the ba ba ba's. Like this beat sounds like Newfound Glory. Uh, maybe not. A little. Oh, they're doing a very like Newfound Glory and I guess pop punk thing where the the guitar is like following the kick drum. Yeah. The kick is doing na 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 na. I'm a sucker for that. Yep, me too, man. Me too. Uh, speaking of being a sucker, we're going to get into Caught in the Act. Ooh. Featuring Best Coast, Bethany Cosentino. Mm-hmm. What a waste of regrets 
This CD does have very good verses. Yeah, the verses are pretty good. Yeah, I'll sleep with that. This is a fine, this is like a slower song. I, I dig it. I don't think it's out of place. I like it. I love when uh, she comes in with the vocals. Yeah. With the of, At the end with the hook. There she is. But then she does this, she does it on her own and it sounds great. It's very sugary. Yeah. It is very sugary. That was beautiful. Thank you. Well, they wrote it. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> no, myself. I was talking to them. <laughs> I just love Jordan's voice, man. That's that's newfound glory I, I, right there. Sorry, I had newfound glory on the other day at work. Actually, it was the simple plan single where uh, farewell with Jordan mm-hmm. and. Someone I work with commented that like pop punk voices are like all the same whiny, but they're like, no, oh, I really recognize that. That's New Ben's Glory. Like it's very distinct. Oh, it's a distinct whiny. Yeah. I, I, that just goes with the whole idea of like if you don't uh, if you don't know the minutia of like a genre of music, like everything's gonna sound the same. Ja- all jazz is gonna sound the same to yeah. you. All trumpeters and jazz might sound the same to you. All trumpets really classical, sound the same. Classical music's going to all sound the same to you. And it's also like pop punk's easy to like kind of write off because it's very poppy, you know? And then like, but that's just a thing that. Oh, here we go. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's what's on Paul's uh, hoodie right there. <laughs> But like Man, saying they that, always like, make the best hoodies with the the <laughs> lyrics, but then they always have that live picture in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, getting back to what you were saying, like people like to say, like, oh yeah, all pop punk is the whiny voice, but that's just doing the thing that people do when they they generalize to marginal marginalize, mm-hmm. like, oh, everything is this, and so that's why it's less relevant. Like, great, good for yeah. you. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I, I take I take a lot of heat for the bands I like. Oh, me too. And, and but, I don't know why. But I give I that thought... heat right back, and that's one of my favorite fucking things oh. to do, is giving that heat right back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, getting to Memories and Battle Scars. Great song. I love this song. Great song. This song is great. That's the, that's the note I have on this. Oh, really? That, yeah. That's your whole day? The note I have on this song is, uh, the song is great. Um... So a couple months ago, we went to Newfound Glory Yellow Card. We did see that. And not one, but multiple people were like, hey, what are you doing like on Saturday night? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to see Newfound Glory Yellow Card. And every person gave me this look like, still? <laughs> like, isn't that something you did when you were 15? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to still do it when I'm 31. Yeah. Isn't it funny, like, the things that people pick and choose that are, like, okay to be, like, from your youth to, like, like? Because, mo- but, but it's annoying because, you know, if you find something of, like, a TV show you used to, like, people fawn over like, it. Oh, my God! You know, Clarissa explains it all! Yeah, oh, oh my God! Oh, my God, yeah. Animaniacs! Oh, my God, there... It's, people it, pick and choose, Nickelodeon like, show, and then right. it's like, oh, my God, you still listen to that? I'm like, yeah. what are you, more sophisticated person because you listen to... And, it, and it's... And you know what? It's not like any of these people listen to like 
anything great. They all listen to top 40. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. But that's, you know what the thing is, is like, I don't even know if they necessarily really think that. I think that everyone else thinks that. And so by osmosis, like that's their point of view on it. It's like a, it's a real cheap thing where like, like they're not thinking for like themselves. Like you just made fun this of me, me, but I just went to your apartment and you put on Anti by Rihanna <laughs> and everyone is pretending this is their favorite CD ever and no one's going to listen to this thing a month from now. Yeah. And you're making fun of me for listening to something I really love. So that's why I wore my newfound glory hoodie here. Hey man. So people on the train were like, this yeah. is this is this is why we're so strong to this day you and I of uh like we we were not fucking ashamed of this no. listening to this shit at all, I, man. I, so I I was trying to find it, and I'll I'll maybe put together something for you, but I found a great picture of me and you holding up a Pop Punk's Not Dead t-shirt. Oh, I know that, yeah. that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's so funny because, you know, this is a band I've listened to since I was 15. Uh-huh. And there's so many memories. It's like my love letter to Newfound Glory. Like there's memories I have from when I was in high school all the way up to like, you know, now I'm 31. And like it's almost like every one of their CDs or experiences a different encapsulating a part of my life, right? And it's like I got to go through all these memories and stuff and battle scars with that. Right. Well, we didn't actually get to that song. I clicked I know, on I know. on Caught in the Act again, but uh, I don't think I said what Cyrus said about this. So uh, about Caught in the Act, he goes, uh, Cyrus goes, just as it's called, you've been caught. And you're wrestling with the guilt associated with these actions. This song features guest vocals by Bethany Cosentino of Best Coast, meshing perfectly with Jordan's main vocals, helping to drive the story home from both a male and a female point of view. Hmm. Look at that. And very so now we get into <laughs> very progressive. Uh, now we get into fucking awesome track, Memories and Battle Scars. This is fucking, this is like, this This sounds like Newfound Glory. This could be on like, Faster. not without a fight, yes. a resurrection. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's like this unexplainable energy like pouring out of the song. Here's what it is, I think. I'm gonna start it again. So listen to the fact that like, the guitar, like it's not just na 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 Like it's not legato eighth notes that he's playing. There's like, he stops playing them. There's like some staccato in there. It's like na 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 you know and i think that that creates the drama of like what's the loudest thing you can do put silence in there and so like you play the guitar and then you don't play the guitar i didn't come up with that that's the okay. thing but uh that's what it is with this song is like not play like that's the riff it's not like letting the notes ring out so here it is again oh even does the the muted yeah Like, I just listened to this and I could see, like, the band members all running around the stage and Jordan, like, kind of over, you know, going right up in the crowd's face, right? Yeah, me too. I, I love that. Nah, 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 yeah. nah, nah. I gotta say, man. There's a little riff. I don't know. I don't know. They have a lot of energy live. Yeah, still. Still. Oh, this hook. Hold on, this hook. Yeah, great. This this is a great That's song. That's very classic NFG. Yep. 
uh, and the bridge, like the breakdown of the bridge. Oh, I love it. That's a good line. You'll gladly risk your neck to tell me how this will never work out. Sticking your neck out. Love it. Without saying it. Here we go. Like, like this beat. This is the only this is time. This halftime. Yeah, you, you very rarely hear that on this CD. It doesn't go into halftime much, I see. Yeah. But this is like what Newfound Glory does really well right here. And then from it goes into this little part, which kind of reminds me of Catalyst. Yeah. When it goes Catalyst, like with the with the acoustic guitar part, that's what this part reminds me of. Great. Uh, so Cyrus says, now it's time to take a look back and within for this song. The lyrics here start to talk about trying to get things back to where they used to be before a breakup. Very straightforward song. It's tuned as a very heavy NFG-ish bridge. Yeah, that's see? what he says. There you go. That's what I was trying to say the whole time. NFG-ish. NFG-ish. Uh, when they do the bridge right, no band does it. It was well done. Yeah, no man. On record. Uh, I will say, who has, who has better breakdown bridges than them? Four Year Strong. Four Year Strong's uh, four bridge Strong's breakdowns really are fucking amazing. But Four Year Strong, I feel like, uh, were probably heavily influenced by, oh, yeah, the, by the hard energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and now we're going to get into uh, the theme song. The theme song for... The theme song? For uh, what's what's her name? What's that comedian's name? She's very good. Amy Schumer's movie. <laughs> now this came out before that, but the song is called Trainwreck. Once again, I, like, I really like this verse. Really? The verse is okay with this. It's fine. I like I my, think, my head's bopping. Yeah. yeah. Well, your head's bopping because of the drums and the guitar. Yeah. That's what I mean. But that's oh, okay. The Not the lyric. Okay, I understand. You're saying, yeah. Uh, for some reason, As this we song... As I'm not a fake lyric guy. For some reason, this song reminds me of Truck Stop Blues. I don't know why. Uh, this is a great hook, though. It's just nice, kind of poppy, bouncy. Because he's got the hi-hat closed, so yeah. it's, well, they, he just opened it up there, but like, it's tight. Uh, so Cyrus says, this song is the culmination of all the negative feelings towards relationships. No lovey-dovey stuff here, no nice way to put it. Love sucks, even for the happy. Mm. What else you got on this song, Paul? Just bouncing around. Just right bouncing now. around to it. It's fine. This song's fine to me. I like the hook. I don't think this bridge is that great. Yeah. It's, I don't know. There's nothing great for it. But uh, let's get to a great song and the last song on this record, Map of Your Body. I love this song. This is very Ramonesy. Even the verse and everything. Yeah. 
But I love how the verses comes in. Here's the other thing that's Ramonesy about it is that there's a double verse at the beginning where you think he's gonna go into the hook or pre-hook, he does the verse again. This is like a pre-hook. Back into the verse, doesn't go into the chorus. It does definitely just like the guitar right here. It's very remote. Yes. The, the, the vocal line of it, yeah. So yeah, Super Ramones like uh, the the bridge on this is very interesting, and I love it because it's got like that. That's like a very like classic like '60s almost like R&B like uh, like type feel going for it. Um, I'm trying to think of an artist who would who would be like indicative. It's the, the hardest part. Is I, the, throughout the whole thing, I, I I have hard putting words to like how to describe it. Articulating. But I feel like I'd be a articulator. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I couldn't even articulate the word articulating. Articulate. But just that style. Yeah. You know, that reminds like it's 60, 70. But I'm talking stuff. about specifically yeah. the, the bridge of this. Like that's like more so than like anything else. It's almost pastiche, this part. Yeah. The arpeggiated guitar. The ride cymbal. Kind of like Earth Angel. I Earth Angel. Wow, yeah. But I, I feel like that, that style from it just protrudes the whole city. Yeah, well, this is this more so because like, this is so directly from that. Whereas, like, you're right, because there's, like, a lot of harmonies and stuff, which was, you know, huge in pop music back then. But the reception of this was actually pretty favorable. Metacritic has uh, 70 out of 100, based on, I think, eight reviews. It's generally favorable reviews. This got to number 26 on the U.S. Billboard 200. Uh, Annie uh, Zaleski of All Press called it uh, focused and precise and gave it four... What's the drum beat... And I feel like it's not this that part? common on this CD. Well, this sounds very newfound glory. Oh, it's because he's doing uh. When we uh, were in a he's band, doing, he's doing eighth notes on the kick drum. When we were in a band, I would tell. I never, I was never able to articulate myself well. So when I wanted to talk to Sean, was the drummer. Yeah. And I would just say either jump beat or NFG ish. And like those are my ways to describe something like that that I wanted. Which is that you're talking about just doing eighth notes on the kick drum, which is like yeah. one and two and three and four and, but it's yeah. like on the kick, so it's anything that's not on the snare. And that's how I would describe it. Anything that's not on the snare, you hit on the kick in terms of eighth notes. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is, man. But yeah, you're right. That is very newfound glory. Four to five stars from Annie Zaleski of Alt Press. Uh, she said it's full of summery riffs and brisk tempos. And uh, before summarizing that, by refusing to settle for good enough and by creating an homage to youthful, timeless pop punk, uh, Newfound Glory sound revitalized and relevant. 
Absolute Punk. This guy, uh, Gio Andrea, says uh, he placed Anthem for the Unwanted at number two with his top 15 songs of the year. And the album was number nine on the website staff, uh, best albums of 2011. Kerrang! Dave McLaughlin said that uh, Radio Surgery is pretty much everything anyone could want from a Newfound Glory record, awarding an excellent 4K rating for Kerrang! I noted that the 90s, nostalgic 90s sound by adding age-old tales about love-struck boys and girls uh, told in three minutes via three chords, killer choruses, and golden melodies. Wow, that's... A, yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, the Ramones knew a thing or two about that, so do Newfound Glory. Uh, and tried to tried and taste-tested musical staples still make for some really special moments. Um, uh, Joseph, Jason Heller of the AV Club was not too hot on it, gave it a C grade bemoaning the band's same bouncy, oh, same bouncy, bittersweet uh, dynamic. It's also stuck religiously to its chunky, another word you used, melodic sound, but whereas, where 2009's Not Without a Fight had a hint of bite, radio surgery sound shows all signs of tooth decay. I kind of agree uh, with him on that I, too. I, I Even to though I there. don't think it's a bad record, I agree with him there. Uh, well, I think ultimately, this is what you're going to find. Whenever you have a band that sets out to consciously try to do something that's away from their sound yeah there's gonna be and i don't care like i think bands are like literally allowed to do whatever they want but if you kind of depart from your sound a bit Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't expect everyone to love it the same as they were before yeah yeah. because you're making decisions to say hey you really loved us for all these years because we did this well, now we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think as, as good as it was, and I think they accomplished their goal, they're always going to do the more, quote, NFG stuff. That's their best. Yeah, yeah. And they're a band that's, like, really been able to kind of... They've, they've done it perfectly where they've been able to stick with, like, their original sound but still progress it without doing it drastically. and But enjoy doing it. So, like, other bands will sound completely different for a record or two. Like, like you mentioned the Yellow Card record. Which uh, one? Lift to Sail. Lift to Sail. Yeah, I was not like a fan of that. Like, but it's not at all. I was not a fan of it at all. It just, it sounded like a basic alt-rock album, which Four Year Strong did, too, I think, with, um... Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of that record. Uh, I don't remember, but in I, some I way, shape, or form, yeah. that's and, the and name. And you know of what? And that's that. The the risk you run when you do that is, I'm like, eh. But I'll give Newfound Glory credit where it's definitely still Newfound Glory. Sure, and you know what it is like. I, I talk about this a lot on this show, where to me at least, like, I will, you know, I can't. I, I will never blame uh, an artist or band for doing something completely different they're trying to grow they're trying to do something different and this is their art like yeah they they make it for fans are great but like god you don't want to become a legacy act and just keep making the same old stuff Mm. so you know i always respect bands when they do that now and i try to find something good about it i think there's a way to do it naturally though some some bands just do i mean jimmy world's been around forever yeah and i still enjoy like their stuff from A to Z and mm-hmm. it seems like but it seems like they don't try to like I feel like they're making what they want to make and you naturally progress I, I think every band will naturally progress I think what you see on the flip side is bands that are trying to uncover the magic that they had it on, on an album 10 years ago okay. and they're trying to sound like themselves then 
And that's why you become a legacy act, is you're just trying to do the same thing over. Okay, in that sense, yes. I th- but I don't. You keep using this term "natural progression" in terms of like, you know, your sound evolving but still sounding the same. But like, that doesn't mean that having a record and then having a record that sounds completely different is not a natural progression. It's natural for that band. It's natural, you know? but, but, and, but I'm saying sometimes people try too hard. I, I guess that's There's true, a, but we'll never know. Mm-hmm. We'll like, we'll never. Like, I I get what you're saying. Like, of course. Oh, did you think? Lights and Sounds for Yellow Card was the natural progression of Ocean Avenue. Because I don't. Yeah. I don't. But, but do you think they were? You think they were? They were purposely going out Absolutely. like they, they were trying to make something different? Yeah. I don't think so. I really don't. And like it's it's, you have to have faith in the band. Like, if you like them, you have to have. And I like Yellow and Card. I love you Yellow love Card. you love Yellow yeah. Card. Yeah. You have to have faith in the band. And like like. Not, not, not question their sincerity, but like understand, like, like they're not trying to do anything that's like, ah oh man, that that isn't them. Like by questioning their sincerity, and like I, I don't think that that lights and sounds was them really pushing to do something different. I think that record is amazing. It doesn't, doesn't mean it's not sincere. What what did you what do you mean? I, you just said that like it's not. You're they're trying to do something like different and like I, I, I feel like I, when you I say that it's contrived they're trying to do something like that they're not being who they really are in quotations like what do you mean by that <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna lose this battle no matter what it's not a battle it's um, a discussion we're talking no, about I, stuff you know, you know I think you see it a lot of times off the best measure is really take a band's most successful CD and look at the next one and I I, I kind of felt with Yellow Card that you know, and, and maybe it, I think it wasn't sincere, and I, I think they believed in it, but I think they got into a situation where they got very big very quickly. You know, sure. they had like, the biggest song trash. of the year, and and now I rem- and I vividly remember it. Like their record company put a lot on them. They gave them an unlimited budget to make whatever they wanted. Uh-huh. You know, their their the way they looked changed. Their sound kind of changed. They were now all over corporate sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they always had the opportunity, they would have done it. Like if they could have a full orchestra and Sean Mack and could get a whole orchestra and do this whole thing. But it almost felt like a little too much. Like this all was like, oh my God, now we have all these resources, all these things. Let's make sure that we're the biggest rock band. Like we don't want to be. And they even go back. And if you go back and listen to their CDs after, mm-hmm. you know, which they, I do a lot, they, I listen they, to Paper Walls, and yeah. if you do thinking, saying yes more than I listen. And, to and they even now. kind of even reference in the lyrics how like they fell on their face with that one, and they got bigger than they thought they were. And really? Okay. I, I mean, I wish they had a CD on Epitaph yeah. we could talk about more in depth. And but I, like, I, go ahead. Go and ahead, and it's not that it. it's not sincere because I think they really liked what they're doing and love what they're doing, but it, it's. There, a forced change sometimes. Right. Well, when it's forced, like I think to me, when someone says that, that that means that there it's not sincere because it's forced. Mm-hmm. So I think here's what, here, both ways. Here, okay, I don't think so. But here's what I'll say about uh, about lights and sound. So okay, they got a ton. And I really like the, lights the, and the sound. Ton, right. They got a ton more money to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And Sean Mag- Magan wanted to like 
conduct an orchestra, right? Mm -hmm. That's probably something he's always wanted to do. He's the violin player for Yellow Card, for those who don't know. That's something he's probably always wanted to do. He had... He would never have had the opportunity before then. Why? Because that shit costs a lot of money. He finally had the opportunity to do that, the resources to do that. Why wouldn't you do that and take advantage of it? Mm -hmm. Why? I I just don't like understand like why you wouldn't like say like, oh, I can do this now. Like I would love to do this. Let me try it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's the band like just kind of like just being artists, you know, and like, oh, we've got more resources now. Let me mess around and see if what what I make with with all this money and all that stuff, you know. What's your favorite song off Lights and Sounds? My favorite song off Lights and Sound is Hollywood Died. Okay. The last track, right? Um, rough Rough Landing, Holly's the middle, and then Hollywood yeah, Dies at the end. The Accidents track. out on the highway. That's the last song. Yes, that's my favorite song off that record. How about you? Uh, How I Go. How I Go. That's a good one. Uh, that song to me was like. I love, I love that song. That's <laughs> a good That's one. I don't know how else to put it. It's really good. Any it, closing thoughts on, on radio surgery? On radio though? surgery. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so it's ev- very very sugary. I think it's sure. I think it simplifies the newfound glory sound a bit. Okay. Um, I really liked it. I liked it. I, you know, I went back. I think for me, I almost this is one of those records where I pull out certain songs. Mm-hmm. that I like and it's not a record where I really want to listen from A to Z but I want to listen to certain tracks like I'm not the one yep uh, sure. I love Memories and Battle Scars mm-hmm. um, Summer Fling Ain't No Thing Don't Mean a Thing Don't Mean a Thing um, like those I feel like I could throw on at any time mm-hmm. and almost like this album is good in short doses mm-hmm. small doses mm-hmm. Um, but maybe as a whole, a little, too, a little too sugary. Not enough bite for a newfound glory CD. For sure. Me. Like there's a lot of these songs where the only time you will listen to them is when you listen to the whole record. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. And like listening to this more in depth, like I, my, my, perhaps ill-informed like first impression of this, it's kind of shaken off a bit because there's a lot of really good songs on this record, and uh, listening to it like real with a real critical ear, like did mm-hmm. show me that, you know. And uh, so I'm I'm happy that I gave it another listen. I like it more after listening to it again. Do you, do you like this record more after giving it like a real critical I do. listen, or I it's do. like the same? Or you do? Like I, it? I like it more. Okay. I like it more. But like I said, I think for me, there it's like this weird. There's no bad songs on it, uh-huh. but there's not a ton of great songs either. Like it's just a, a steady good a lot of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think there are feels like some great songs on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, it's you can't. I know that this is the band, but like mm-hmm. you can, uh, you can't absolutely love everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've come to the end of the radio surgery road. Mm-hmm. We've we've surgically removed this from uh, today for us. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you need? To I'm do? actually wearing scrubs. Yeah, are you? I don't know, ben asked me to put that in there. So oh. Well, you I put it, it in at the very end. It. We'll see. We'll see. It. We'll see if he listens to the whole episode and says it to you. Okay. Yeah. What's so if that? he says it to you, then we'll know he listened to the whole thing. Uh, what do you want? Do you need to plug, buddy? What do I need to plug? Yeah. What are your plugs? Um, just, uh, just uh, Jews and Reviews podcast. Jews and Reviews podcast. Yeah. Great podcast. <laughs> uh, anything else? You got a Twitter you want people to follow you on? Uh, the Real Paul Corey, C O R Y. Um, just because there's so many Paul Coreys out there, I That's just wanted right, to man. make sure that they're following the right one. That's right. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We've got another one in the bag, slowly crawling our way up the epitaph. (sighs) 
catalog, it's, I guess, or was, something like that. This was such a fun experience for me. Was it? I'm I, glad. I just want to sit around and talk about Newfound Glory yeah. songs all the time. Well, we're going to get to do it at least one more time on mic. Yeah. So if, if you're listening out there, guys, put out another record on Epitaph. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, thanks for listening. Up the punks and up you guys and keep things fun and nice. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Later. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch, Bitch Seat, the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!